Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. What's going on, man? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, just chilling. Yep, chilling. Yeah. Had a good week. You went good out. Day. You had like a little, kind of like a reunion. Not, I mean, it's sort of a reunion. No, no, there's a, our high school does a uh, fundraiser every year okay. for uh, steak, lobster fry and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So you, you had steak? I uh, No, I had the lobster. You didn't get both? Nope. Why? Because I just wanted the lobster. And Why? I bought a ticket for lobster. Why? So, they didn't have the option of two? Well, yeah, you had to buy two though. I'm not going to buy two tickets. Like Didn't you win like six hundred dollars while you were there? Uh, the group, the collective group of us. We, oh, okay, so it wasn't just you. No, no, no. There was eight oh, okay. of us. There was all eight right, of us. All right, all right. That's good then. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's it's the kind of dinner where there's some sort of raffle or something. There's a few of them. Okay. Like, I mean, uh, there was a twenty five thousand. Uh, huh. They they only sell a, a thousand tickets, and you win twenty five thousand. All right. Uh, we didn't win that. No. Good. No, good. Yeah. No, yeah, we won 600 and You'd be so annoying if you won 25000 Why would I be annoying? Because you'd be like, oh, ain't no big deal. <laughs> oh, yeah. You kidding me? <laughs> you'd be like, all right, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we won and then just hung out, got to see friends and stuff from, from back in the day. Yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, it's cool. Well, sounds, like, sounds like it was a good time. Well, listen. Um, how, you, how was your week? How was your week? Because uh, I haven't seen you. In, you, saw, it, you saw, it's been a rough week. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. We haven't even we haven't I, even. I connected. should probably tell you what happened. Wait, what? What happened? Yeah. So Can you talk about this now? Yeah, I can talk about it now. All right. No, I'm going to feel bad uh, if this is actually really All right, here's what happened. I'm not prepared listen, for this. this is just for everybody knows, okay? Everybody knows. This is how honest we are. We are honest. I'm learning even, this for the first even, time right now. Even to my own detriment. In fact, I Somebody asked me that the day that this happened, somebody like a, a person a lady at a bank. She goes, "How's your day going, sir?" And I was like, "It's a terrible day." I said, globally, like big picture, like I'm having a wonderful life. It's a great mm-hmm. day. But for my, in my own little life, this is a terrible day. And uh, when I tell my friends uh, what happened, they're all going to make fun of me for weeks. And she goes, well, why would you tell them? And I said, because it's true. And that's, that's I got to be real. I'm uh, about to hear this, guys. I have right. not heard this yet. All right. So I had a, I had a, I had a big day planned. All okay. right. I, uh, this would have been, I think, Thursday. I don't really remember. It doesn't matter. Um, so uh, I got up. Uh, and I left the house early. Okay. Um, I was going to drive away from everybody, uh, get out to a cigar shop far away because I needed to get a lot done and okay. I didn't want to be distracted. Of course. Then I had to come back for meetings. That's when I had this big meeting with a Skype call yep, about yep, a yep. project we're working on yep. for Doctrine Devotion. I had do- uh, church meetings, all this stuff. So I had to be on the ball. So I got up, I hit the gas station because my car was on E. Mm-hmm. And Of um, course. And uh, <laughs> I uh, so I went, I, I put the... What do you do? Put the nozzle in the tank, whatever. So I put that in there, clipped it, so it's running through the gas. Then I run, I do the windows, you know, because yeah. I got to clean my windows because the inside is all covered in like cigar film, tar. Cigar tar. But so I have to at least clean the outside. Yeah, yeah. Right, so I can see a little bit. So I do that. I come back around. The gas thing is done and it says $34. So I put it back. Um, I hop in the car and I go. And so I get way out into a different city and um, my car dies. Now, you know, it's an 07. And uh, I thought, oh, you got to be kidding me. So um, I, I, I try to start it. It starts up and it dies again. And I thought, well, it could run out of gas, but I put gas. I filled it up. Yeah, $34. Right? So, $34. So I don't, I, I, I'm like, it's a fuel pump. Could I don't know. So um, I'm like, and I did notice that it did say E halfway there. I did notice my gas tank still read E, but I left my car running because it was hot out and I wanted the air conditioning to continue to run while I was filling it up. 
Right. And you're not supposed to do that, but continue. Okay, whatever. I do my own thing. <laughs> so, well, your own thing seems yeah. to have failed you. Continue. Okay. So, and I thought, well, maybe it didn't reset the car because I didn't turn it off. Whatever. It didn't reset so, the you know, car? It didn't reset the little gauge. Some cars actually do function that way. So, like, it won't register that it's different unless you shut the car off and turn it back on. That the gas gauge has been. Okay. You can okay. Google it later. My mechanic actually told me that that's the case. So, anyways, but that was my thought when mm-hmm. I had, I thought, well, man, it's probably. So, uh, I got a call tow truck and, uh, and they got to take it to a, a, a garage again. Then, um, so they, they're doing that, and now it's got to got to wait all day because they can't get it in. They got appointments, so they finally get it in uh, at the end of the day. And, uh, and they, if you read the little printout, they give you a little printout. Yep. And it said uh, tow in uh, uh, died, uh, hooked it up to the machine. Uh, no codes were found. Put five dollars worth of gas in, it started. <laughs> yeah. So apparently, uh, I don't remember this happening, but apparently, what happened was I forgot to put my card in the uh, gas uh, tank. What do we call it? The gas? What do you call it? The, I, I went to the gas. What do you pump? Gas. Pump. I didn't put my card in there. I took off the handle. I put the gas in. I clicked it, and I went on to my thing. So when I came back, it said the last guy. The last guy, guy that did it. I hung up and left. And uh, so I ran out of gas. I lost the whole day. I got, it was, yeah, dude. So ultimately, I wow. ran out of gas. I just, I ran out of gas. Wow, Joe. And I had to get towed. And then I had to pay $110 for them to put $5 worth of gas in it. That's not even <laughs> counting the tow. That's not counting the tow. <laughs> so let's get this straight. Instead yeah. of paying $35 in gas, mm-hmm. you spent $35 in gas plus, how much was the tow? Well, I didn't spend $35. No, just how much was the tow? Oh, I didn't even look. I don't want to look at that. How about this? Let's just, okay. 150 bucks. For the tow? Probably 100 bucks, yeah. Okay, so you spent $260. I would say something like that. 260 plus, you, plus then you still had to refill that gas tank. Okay, so the first 34 I never spent. I know, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You spent the 34 on the back end because you didn't do it on the front end. Yeah, I did. I did so, fill it up. So afterwards. instead of just paying yeah. 35, you, you know, did. Nobody cares. You did. Nobody eight, cares. No, they do. Two, six, yeah. So $300. And then I had to hear about it from my CG for like an hour where like Pastor Brian's like, Dude, I told you a month ago to get like insurance so that you get free toes. It's like thirty dollars a year, and you would just have a free toe every time, as opposed to the the, the so, two six you just yeah, spent. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a rough week. That, wow. Um, yeah, that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, dude. Well, that's not as bad. You like you like. I missed the I missed the Skype call. Oh, whatever. Now, now, dude, I actually thought it was a lot worse. No, I, I thought it was a lot worse. This is worse because it, it shows that I'm a dummy. That's what I don't like. But I've already known that. Yeah. But so that's no, why but now, but now you have more evidence. I don't like that. <laughs> I have you all can the evidence. You say I'm a dummy, and I'm not. <laughs> I don't like, care. But you can prove it now. So all right. So, listen. Why are we here? Ultimately, we're not here to talk about me being a dummy. Yeah, but you know what though? But you know, as a dummy though, you mm. need help. I I don't. Who could possibly help me in my current state? I don't know that anybody could possibly help me. Oh, Tyler can over <sighs> at myxp. Myxp church. That's it. Oh my gosh, myxp could help me. In fact, myxp has helped me before it was officially myxp. Tyler has helped me and has helped Redeemer yep. solve some of our problems as we were growing from a very small church to a mid-sized church. That's right. Um, and so Tyler is is the guy that you want to talk to, uh, and the, and Tyler and Ryan Hughley who run MyXP. Well, basically, what MyXP is is um, it is the it is a company that will be your virtual executive pastor. Yep. And so um, we're going to share more details with you later on today in the episode, but um, check out myxp.church for the, the full breakdown of information. But what you need in your church, if you don't have an executive pastor, is you need somebody to function in a pastoral role who can solve immediate 
technical, um, uh, logistic, and communication problems for you Mm -hmm. in a biblical way. That's it. And that's where uh, MyXP and Tyler Drevitz comes in. So Joe, what are we going to be talking about today? Okay, we actually threw up the mics because uh, we just wanted to, uh, we've tried to get to this. We've just been... Um, well, some of us couldn't get there. Yeah, we've been blocked. Yeah. Well, I know. well, I'm just thinking some people, uh, their car died on yeah, the way. Yeah, and it, this, you know, it didn't die. You know, it just got tired. It got tired. <laughs> it ran out of gas. We wanted, how, many, how many times in the last two years has that car been in the shop? Uh, it's a used car. I know, but how many times? Just I roughly. Know. I don't know. Four. I mean, Four? Yeah. Yeah. Every six months, that okay. thing's... Can we do this now? Because I got to go. I got stuff to do. I'm, oh, taking, yeah. I'm taking Catherine to the... Catherine to what? T- Taylor Swift conference. Oh, conference? Whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> Concert? Concert? Are you guys going to be able to make it? Yeah. Do you need $35 for gas? Uh, I need some towing. Can I just... Can, <laughs> so I just, can a tow truck just give me a ride there? It might be cheaper. <laughs> All right, let's talk. We're going to talk about... Going. We're going to talk about the state of the SBC. Um, in light of... Uh, who's running for president yep. and the controversy and all this stuff going on. We just wanted to once again talk about the nature, the state of the Southern Baptist Convention from our perspective. and The right um, perspective, yeah. Yeah, I think the, the right perspective, from a Reformed Baptist perspective. Um, and, and just we want to encourage you guys, our listeners, um, and by you guys, I mean you men and women. Oh, boys thank and you. Girls. Good job, Joe. Good job. Um, it's a Northern expression, you guys. Mm-hmm. Right? It's gender neutral. Like the, hey, like, you guys. Like the NIV. All right. So, uh, when we're talking about the SBC, we're mm-hmm. talking about a, a cooperative effort among yep. Baptists, right? It started in 1845. Mm-hmm. And, and we appreciate all your work in that. Continue. Well, yeah, it was, uh, I, I wasn't, I would not have been a part of it because I was from up here. Anyways, uh, it actually, the start of it in 1845, it was, a, it was a controversial rocky start because the reason the Southern Baptist Convention was formed was because the big triennial convention of Baptists were not down with sending land uh, slave owners uh, into the mission field. <laughs> so hmm. they were like, nah, dude, you got to work that stuff out. So they said, listen, we we're up, we want to reach people with the gospel. We want to, you know, make converts. Uh, and, just, a, just a missions emphasis. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and we don't think owning slaves is a problem. So that, that was their perspective. So in one sense, you can say the SBC started over the issue of missions, which is how many Southern Baptists will put it. Yeah. But in another sense, uh, the SBC was started over the issue of slavery yeah. because uh, the slave owners uh, wanted the, to be able to be slave owners and still go into uh, And preach the gospel right? at the same time. All right. So Rocky Start, obviously, but mm-hmm. it has from the very beginning always had a missions emphasis. There's yeah. been a missions evangelism emphasis from the very beginning. And from the very beginning, uh, you know, or at least at the very beginning, they were uh, Calvinists. They were reformed. Baptist. Every single church that was represented in 1845 uh, when the SBC was formed, every single church used the 1689 or its equivalent uh, as its confession of faith. So um, that demonstrates where these churches were mm-hmm. aligned theologically. Uh, it's not just that Calvinism was has always been a part of the SBC. Calvinism was uh, the dominant theological perspective in the SBC at its um, Beginning. formation, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, also, you know, the tent has broadened over the years. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's just gotten kind of bigger and bigger to incorporate just more ex- not expression is not the right word, right? Like, I'm not talking about well, like. There's more diversity. The more diversity, of, I think, is opinion. the right way to put it. And right? really, that happened. Uh, we see that happening, right? When, um, like, really at turn of the century. Uh, so it didn't take very long, but by 1920s, this guy, E.Y. Mullins, became the president of mm-hmm. Southern Seminary. Um, and this is when. Uh, there began to be a drift away from Reformed theology 
into a, a less Calvinistic, more broadly Baptist evangelical uh, theology. So uh, as the tent broadened, like the convention expanded. Yeah, convention expands. But then here's the problem. Or not, well, yeah, here's one of the, the, the issues that came up was just more of a theological drift in leadership. When you've got a, a larger tent right. with more diverse views, then it's going to start to kind of, there, there is going to be a bit of a sway. Right. You got to, we got to watch that. And yeah. so what happened was like, you can see this happening in the sixties and in the seventies, uh, you know, Baptists are always behind the ball. So we hadn't gone full liberal uh, by the time other major denominations had, but we were drifting in that way. That's right. And in the sixties, you could see it in the seventies that, while the, your average Southern Baptist was a conservative Bible-believing Christian, many in leadership at the time uh, in the convention, at the seminaries and at the institutional level, the convention level, they were embracing a more liberal idea of, of Christianity, whether, whether it's regarding the inerrancy of Scripture or uh, the exclusivity of salvation in Jesus and things like that. And so this theological drift created a crisis oh, yeah. in the minds of a lot of people because, um, wow, the leadership was not representative of where not only where the rest of the convention is, yeah. but more importantly, what the Bible teaches. Exactly. So then you had individuals, I mean, such as Dr. Patterson. Paige Patterson, Paul Pressler. Uh, there's a bunch of people that were involved. A bunch involved. of people that, that kind of uh, led the charge for the conservative resurgence within right. the SBC. Right. And so that this, you know, this was a political move. Yeah. Make no mistake about it. It was it was a political move because we're talking about um, taking over the leadership of a, a religious organization and taking it in another direction than it was currently heading in. So it's a political move. It doesn't mean it's a bad move. It's just a mm-hmm. political move. And um, but it was a political move that was aiming to right theological wrongs. Yes. And so I'm happy that there was a conservative resurgence. Uh, in the um, in the SBC that happened in the late seventies, mid seventies, yeah, um, I think. But it's but let me let me just say this. Like, okay, so there was this conservative resurgence, which meant and so what is it? What did it look like? It meant that um, Paige Patterson and all these guys who were serious about the Bible uh, being the Word of God and inerrancy and missions and all that, um, they got everybody to show up from churches to vote in new leadership yeah. at an annual convention. They got everybody like, you got to come here. You got to vote. We're going to get these liberal people out. We're going to get conservatives in. And that is what they did. That's what they did. Um, and from there, they were able to then begin to appoint people in different positions of leadership throughout the convention, which is why the SBC now is a, a strong and evangelical conservative Baptist denomination. But you know, one of the, th- one of the, one of the uh, things that have come, come up since then Joe, I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe, I mean, I haven't been SBC all my life, so it, I feel awkward saying something yeah, like neither this. Neither have I, so go ahead. But it, it sometimes, though, when people have power and when they're in those positions of authorities and people have been through war, you know, a theological yeah. war, mm-hmm. uh, it becomes kind of this good old boys club. Yeah. I think you're always going to have that, that, that danger, right? Yeah. You, you know, you've got people that have, you know... Uh, were sweating and bleeding together, yeah. uh, metaphorically. Or well, not the sweating. They were these. These were big guys. They were sweating. They were sweating uh, already. Yeah, but, uh, mom spaghetti. And um, <laughs> they were forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> they they. Uh, but yeah, they're definitely. Be, they're, they're began to develop a a a, a good old boy mentality yeah. among not just among those who. Um, were the originators and the architects of the conservative resurgence, but those who supported them. Um, and so you you can kind of sense that. That was one of the issues that has continued to rear its head, even in recent times, you know, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that we began to see pretty clearly is uh, easy believism um, yeah. and false conversions. Oh, yeah. And this is something that 
in fact, I'm going to say it this way. The only people that have really ever cared about what I'm about to point out uh, that I've been able to see are Calvinists in the SBC. When it comes to the SBC numbers, the only people that I've ever heard make any hay about the, this discrepancy are the Calvinists. And they've been saying this since the late 80s. Now, they may have been saying it before that, but I know that they've been saying it since the late 80s because I've read stuff from the late 80s from the Calvinists in the convention about this issue. And so it was generally touted, um, you know, 16 million members uh, in our Baptist churches, but we can only find 6 million in services on a Sunday. Well, and that was actually just what happened. Uh, the, the last report. Yeah. This last one that's coming up ahead of this convention was like 15 million members, mm-hmm. uh, 5 million church attenders. Yeah. <laughs> 3 million in Bible study. Yeah. So, um, okay. So I, I get, you're going to have less in Bible study than you are at church. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. If you've got 15 million members of churches, but you can only find 5 million of them on Sunday, what does that mean? Well, that, some, of the, some of them have died, and they haven't been cleaned died, off the rolls. And that's just it. Oh, I wonder okay. a large part of it, how many of it is, is membership rolls, just bloated rolls. Well, it's definitely bloated rolls, but they're bloated for different reasons. One of the reasons they're bloated is easy believism. Yeah. Because uh, the Southern Baptists, you know, for, well, you know, for, a, for decades now, have had uh, a terrible practice of just like, hey, man, if you want to you follow Jesus, pray this prayer, meet it in your heart, and mm. now you're a Christian, which is a terrible way to approach evangelism and conversion. And um, and it has led to a bunch of people praying a prayer, being counted as uh, as a person, getting baptized quickly, being yep. made a member of the church. But there's no discipleship, there's no follow up, and they're just disappeared. And they're gone. All right. So like this is this is a problem that uh, that the Reformed Baptists in the convention have been trying to address for a long time. So the fact that the Southern Baptist Convention is shrinking, right? It's on a downward trajectory for yes. the first time, uh, you know, ever. Uh, it started maybe five years ago or so, maybe ten years. Started to be a decline. So membership is declining. Oh, yeah. Well, that's okay. I'm okay with membership declining because it's not even reflective of who we really have in church. Yeah, we want to see church attendance go up. Yeah, so that's what I'd like to know. And conversions go up. Yeah, It looked to me like church attendance was up even though uh, at that thing that uh, Jared Wilson put up. It looked to me like attendance was up and and membership was down. That's a trajectory I can be okay with. Um, But I, I don't really know. So... We have we have this problem of we've had this problem of false conversions and easy believism for some time, and that needs to change. We need to take not just evangelism seriously; we need to take conversion seriously. That's right, and so that's where good theology comes in. Um, but it's not all been bad, right? Uh, the International Mission Board, yeah, of the SBC, has been good. It's really good. They're yeah. doing great work. Uh, North American Mission Board, it, it's getting a lot better. Yeah, it's it, they're doing really good work now. For a while, I just and I told a lot of those guys in leadership, like it's weak. You guys need to make some changes. Um, not that I had the answers, but I could just see as a NAMB person um, that there was a lot that needed to change. Disaster relief, good stuff. Yeah. We have a, they are, they they made a couple mistakes in the past. (laughs) They wouldn't receive and use the water that Anheuser-Busch wanted to give them one time uh, because, yeah. Because it was from a beer company? Yeah. Even though it's just water? Yeah, but it had Anheuser-Busch on it, so... I, 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 when people are thirsty, people are thirsty. Yeah, exactly, man. And, and you know what? And if all you have is beer, give them beer. Yeah, like, yeah there's water in beer. There's plenty. There's enough. <laughs> it's only five percent alcohol. <laughs> like, come on. So, um, so but disaster relief is really good. The ERLC, oh, fantastic. Russ Moore, Russ Moore is killing it. But a bam, mm. seminaries. Some are good. Some are somewhere on the upward. Yeah, yeah. man. Some are yeah. doing all right. Yeah, man. We got uh, southern, southeastern, midwestern. Those yep. are good. Like them yep. a lot. Yep, yep. Um, Midwest. Yeah, you said midwestern. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not missing. All right. So. All that to say, when we're talking about the SBC today, right now, 
you've gotten a little little tiny bit of, of history. We got some links to in mm-hmm. the show notes for you guys to read uh, on the history of the SBC. But uh, right now we're in a crisis. Oh yeah, and you can see it. Uh, kind of, you can see the crisis manifest itself in these different ways. Like these different things are happening, right? What are Absolutely. some of the things that you're seeing that that where you go, whoa, there's a problem in the SBC right now? What are well, some of the things? Yeah, I mean, one of the things I'm I'm seeing is uh, there's a lot of young church planters that aren't getting the help that they need. That is a problem. That's a problem, and mm-hmm. I I do I, I do know a way of remedy that. How to remedy that, Joe? More money to them from. The convention, or utilizing the finances they have, and and grabbing onto my XP with Tyler Drevitz. That's it. That guy's it's, awesome. That man is a problem solver. He's got uh, he's got expertise in bookkeeping, people management, systems, guest God. connection, all that stuff. He knows when to hold them, and he knows when, when, when to, to fold them. <laughs> so he knows when to hold onto a ministry and when to fold the ministry. That's not what. <laughs> but I was in the poker rep. Stop. I, I know stick you're to the script. To, stick to the script. Stick to the script. I'm just saying. You sometimes you have to make those decisions, Joe. That's right. You we're, better have a good XP. Mid, we're in the midst of that. Right. They need to learn when to hold on to a ministry and when to fold that ministry. We're just horrible at it. What are we folding? Well, we're not folding it. Oh, okay. But I, I want to. What? I don't want to talk about it out of here. Oh, okay. You know. What are we talking about? Well, just when we have to deal with Pat, okay? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> but All no, right. you got to head on over uh, to myxp.church. Uh, and you know what? Listen, if you go and check out their website and schedule the free initial connect through August. You will receive 30% off the first month. If you mention the D and D podcast. Great thing about my XP is not only is uh, pastor Tyler going to help you think through your current problems, where you want to go, your goals, how you can strategically hit those things from a biblical perspective. Yep. That is, that is also efficient and smart. Um, all of that. Uh, you do, you don't have to sign up for like a year. You can do a month, you oh, can yeah, do three I mean, months, you can do whatever you want. Exactly, like, whatever, like, the, whatever your needs are. Tyler wants to help you be more it. effective as a church in yep. making disciples. And uh, Tyler and Ryan, uh, the guys behind my XP, are great pastors. We love them, we respect them. And you, if you don't have an XP, if you're a small growing church, yep. or if you're a large church and you just don't have an XP, if you need help, this is a place to go. This is it. And now's the time to do it so you can start getting ready for the fall kickoff uh, for your church. All right. So in terms of the crises that yeah. we have in the convention, what are some symptoms? Like what, do you, what are some things that you see happening in general? Well, I think one of them would be kind of this this divide, this this uh, like schism, this mm-hmm. – uh, oh, wait, hold on. We call it church multiplication. Never mind. Yeah, but not really. You know what I mean, though. Yeah. Like you know, when people get upset with each other, they, they begin to divide the church. Right. They get upset – and they go replant. They take a you know take half the people or a quarter of the people. Usually, you know, they try to target the uh, the givers, and then yeah, and it's like we've got um, we've got this happening at the church level, but it's also happening in the convention level, right? They got yeah. people that are that are constantly trying to um, make controversy and and make people choose sides in a very divisive way. Divisive, yeah, and divisive, and when the, the people are. Trying to be divisive, divisive. they. Uh, and I'll just give you an example. Okay, so we've got traditionalists and we've got uh, Calvinists. Yeah, and then there's people in between and all. Yeah, that, yeah. Right? But these are two groups in the SBC. Now, of course, the traditionalists are, uh, you know, the relatively new group um, who have, they would disagree with you, yeah, but, yes. okay, but they are, and um, they got. Those, I don't know. There's a handful of people that actually believe their crazy uh, confessional statement. But um, so. We, there's room for non-Calvinists and Calvinists in the SBC. Oh, yeah. And we should actually all be able to get along and be cool. It should be chill, no problem. Let's just do our thing. Who cares? But there is increasing tension. Now, from my perspective, what I see are uh, you know some really 
angry and self-righteous traditionalists, that's not all of them, mm-hmm. I'm just saying some of them, like Rick Patrick, um, who have said horrible, yeah. evil things oh, yeah. uh, about brothers in Christ oh, and, yeah. and creating even, this division. I, so, And it doesn't mean it doesn't happen from the Calvinist side. Of course no, it I'm does. No, I mean, look at B.J. Smalls. That guy's... Yeah, you know, there you go. Another one. Now, uh, and they're leaving the SBC, thank oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Bye, so, Felicia. So, so there you got two extreme ends, right? You yeah. Got, you, you, got, you got P.J. Small and you've got Rick Patrick. And these are guys that have done, have said horrible things yeah. and have created unnecessary uh, friction among different groups that should be able to be friends in oh, the Oh, absolutely. So I do think that's a really good one. There's schism. Uh, the jealousy? Yeah, there's definitely, a, there's, a, there's a weird kind of jealousy about who's going to be in this role and who's not going to be in this role. There's... Well, and I mean, I mean, as part of it though, Joe, I mean, you mentioned at the beginning about uh, the, when we were talking about the conservative resurgence, about mm-hmm. the political nature of it. Right. And I, and I think sometimes because of the political nature of things, uh, jealousy comes into play. People want to be in a position of, of authority or what they what they perceive as a position of influence and mm. and status. Well, yeah, and I and I I think that's true. And in fact, it's interesting that guys like Rick Patrick and and some of the traditionalists have been really honest and they'll say, "Listen, we don't like how many Calvinists or at least people that they perceive to be Calvinists are in positions of influence in the SBC." Yeah. And they say, "I don't like it because that's not representative of most SBCers." Whereas my response would be the, the the most important thing is that we get the most qualified people into positions of leadership. Yeah. And so if they're Calvinist, cool. If they're not Calvinist, I don't care. Yeah. What I do care about is, are they going to do a really good job? Are they going to follow the Lord, be faithful? Um, but so, so some people are definitely um, jealous. jealous. Yeah. I think that, you know, when you look at the crisis, you can't help but think about the moral failures. Yeah. We've got a ton of people that are, that are being busted for everything from having affairs to... Um, you know, just behaving in, in such a uh, non-Christian way that they've got to lose their position. Um, we've got moral failure happening at a, at, at a not at just a, at a high rate, but at a, at a public alarming. level. Yeah, it's just alarming. I mean, you hate to see it to happen to to one, right? But the level and, and the amount that we're seeing now uh, in the is, SBC, in the SBC specifically, Calvinist and non-Calvinist, this is is, is quite uh, alarming. It's been frustrating, dude. There's been the misogyny. Misogyny is a, a big one, which is not uh, nothing new. You know, that's it's not like acupuncture and misogyny. It's uh, it's it's not massage. It's uh, oh, I can't believe misogyny you. is. <laughs> you feel so proud. Oh, right that's now, a pretty good you? one. That was um, <laughs> what you said. Acupuncture. I'm like, oh no. So, <laughs> if you, misogyny is is, is is hatred of women, and of course, you know, I, I know most most people in the SBC don't hate women, Mm-mm. but there has been um, uh, within the SBC. Uh, not not all over, but within the SBC, there has clearly been a problem with a degrading of women, yes. a dismissive yep. attitude toward women, a demeaning uh, approach toward women, uh, a lack of care and protection for women. Uh, so that is definitely something that is a problem that needs to be addressed. It's oh, yeah. it's a part of the crisis that's happening in the SBC. And, and then, but it also leads then to uh, abuse cover up. Yeah. Right. Whether it's it. Well, I mean, I'm thinking of sexual abuse. I'm thinking of uh, physical abuse. Right. I mean, just uh, just covering uh, and then even uh, abuse of power. Yeah. Let's go with that one. Right. Um, I mean, just it, it leads to trying to because people want to keep that position of authority because they want to keep that position of influence because they don't want to be uh, embarrassed and I guess publicly rebuked. Yeah. You know, they, they try to go to great lengths to cover it up. 
Yeah. But look, um, this this is not all about Paige Patterson. No, in no, 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 no. That is one symptom, right? That uh, that we have, right? There's there's that's just one example. Um, we're talking, I mean, this relates to sovereign grace ministries yep, and that yep. whole abuse, um, allegation still being cover covered up, up thing. Yeah. We've got, um, we got which, s- which hold on, I, I which I want to say to our, our Calvinist friends who are cheering with pay, you know, that page is, you know, yeah. Uh, okay. Great, say it. Yeah. Uh, why, why aren't you, uh, w- what about sovereign grace? You want to put page on blast, but well, not, uh, not, but not your grace? friends, huh? huh? Yeah. I mean, that, that yeah. to me is, that to me is the hypocrisy, uh, uh that we're talking about here, yeah. Yeah. right? You can't sit there and, and, you know, look down your nose at, at Dr. Patterson and uh, alleged whatever's going on there. Right. Yeah. And not put your eye on sovereign grace and let's deal with that. Let's deal with that. And we've been, uh, it's just for years, for yeah. years, and we're still not dealing with it. Right. So like this, all of this, like the, so the crisis that we're talking about, and this is what, this is how Jimmy and I see it. These are all symptoms, right? The schism, the jealousy, the moral failures, the misogyny, the abuse cover up, all that stuff. It all boils down to leadership. Yes. There is a leadership crisis in our convention, there's a leadership crisis in the church. This is why we put so much emphasis at Redeemer on the issue of leadership. Yeah. And it's why it's such a burden to us in our teaching, our preaching outside of our own local church. There is a leadership problem. Um, there's a lack of transparency. There's a lack of yeah. accountability. Um, there is a lack of integrity. And so the, if, we're, if we're saying like, listen, I love the SBC. I want the SBC to be used of God uh, and, and all the way until Jesus comes back. But um, if the if the SBC is going to be healthy, if we if we are going to actually participate and be useful, um, what should we do? Like what what are some things that you know that we've talked about mm-hmm. that um, we ought to emphasize yeah. in our interactions with uh, within the SBC? Yeah, I mean, I think we need to hold leaders accountable. We need yeah. to hold people accountable for for what they've said and what they've done and and for what they haven't done to protect right. the the defenseless, right? Absolutely. Like we need to we need we do need to hold people accountable. We they do need to be uh removed, you know what I mean? And and yeah, I mean I I just I don't understand yeah. this whole cover-up thing. I don't I, I you know what to a degree I get it. I get it because uh my own my flesh yeah. says I don't I, I wouldn't want to be out there. Yeah. Getting nailed like that. Of course, of you course. Know. No, it doesn't mean that we don't understand why it, it's there, exactly. it's, but it's frustrating. Um, and it's particularly frustrating because it's like, it's like, listen, uh, I'm a pretty easygoing guy and I'm a, I feel like I'm a pretty forgiving guy. Uh, but if you're hurting someone or taking advantage of someone, yeah. uh, then we got a problem. Exactly. We got a real problem. And so I, I, I get that. Um, I, so I agree. I think we need to be willing to hold leaders accountable, even when it's scary. Because it, it's easy to hold leaders accountable if you don't like them. Oh yeah, right. But but say, listen, I'm going to do this even though this is scary. This might cost me, but I am going to do this. I mean, this is why so many people are in trouble at Harvest. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like there are people that w- will say like I'm going to say the right. I'm going to hold you accountable uh, to the leadership there, and then they get like blacklisted. They, yeah. they get in big major fallout for them. So. We got to be willing to hold leaders accountable, even when it's going, even when it's scary, even when it's going to hurt us. Oh yeah, when it's going uh, to cost so, us. So that means, like, at, you know, this convention. If you and I could be there, we would be there. Oh yeah, like, this is. We are providentially hindered from being at the convention. You know, uh, I mean, because even, you know, the SBC won't won't let me be, or let me be me. So, so let, let me, me see. see. 
they, they tried, tried to, to shut, shut me down, down on, on MTV yeah. or SBC. Or they tried SBC. to shut me down on SBC, but, but it, it feels so empty without, without me. me. Something like that. Yeah. Like so, anyway, <laughs> we're so dumb. Oh my okay, gosh, we, we are just we're ridiculous. Right. So, I love that you knew where I was going. That's my favorite part. Um, well, it also shows our sinfulness. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, I don't know who that was. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Something um, Steve McCoy was listening to. <laughs> so, holding leaders accountable means that we're going to have to speak up. Um, but a part of this does mean that you got to be involved in the convention. Yeah. You can't just you sit there and complain like, oh, I hate the convention. I've been to tons of conventions, uh, SBC conventions. Um, you, you can't just complain about what's going on and then not be involved. You got to go there. So, here, here, here's, here's what's next. Here's a piece of advice. Go get ready, get signed up as a messenger from your church if you're a Southern Baptist and go to the SBC convention in, I think it's in Dallas, right? It's in Dallas. In, yep. in, so sign up and go there. And when you get there, what should they do? You know what? I'll, I'll throw it out there. Vote for JD. Oh, wait. JD Smalls? <laughs> That's the one. Oh. JD Greer. Oh, Greer. I was going to say, don't vote for that JD. If you vote for that JD, I'm going to come and punch you. <laughs> Right in the thigh. That's about as that's my in straight the thigh cross. Right there. My, my, is, my, is right in your thigh. Um, yeah, vote for JD Greer. Oh, does, yeah. That's not because Ken Hemphill, the other guy who's running, is a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. Um, but JD is the kind of guy that I want to see in oh, the yeah. convention. Um, godly dude, growing church, healthy church, uh, good theology, good heart, um, doing a lot of great stuff, man. Uh, and again, I want to see a new generation of leadership step up. So I, I want to agree with that. So participate, vote for JD Greer. Um, but here's the thing uh, I would say, one of the things that I'm thinking of is not only do we hold leaders accountable when we want to participate in the convention, mm-hmm. um, but just make sure that your life is bound up in Jesus yeah. and in your local church yeah. more than it is the convention. Absolutely. So I think be involved in the convention, take it seriously. Very important, yep. But if that's your life, if that's your emphasis, if that's your thing. To the detriment of the local church. It, there's, there's a, it, they're, they're probably a problem there. Yeah. Now, some people are called to a higher level of investment yeah. in the convention. That's fine. Yeah, but apparently from, we're not, but continue. No, 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 no. They, they, well, not Ain't nobody that. got time for that. And no one's asking for that. Yeah, no, they, uh, listen, the last thing I want to do is do anything other than what I'm doing right now. Oh, yes, I'm the best sure, thing. Joe. Yes, yes. Uh, it is. I, I, what, no, I'm, I'm just saying, saying they, they, never, they never invite us. Why are we blacklisted? Why are we blacklisted? Why is it blacklisted, too? Because you use that hey, phrase. SBC. Uh, you, you, oh, my oh, they invented blacklisted. Oh, stop it, stop it, stop it. But why are we, why are we shunned? Why are we shunned? We're not shunned. Oh, come on now. How are we shunned? We don't get invited nowhere. Who gets invited to anything, though? Not us. And, and not most other Baptist pastors. Yeah, but you know what, though? But there's other pastors out there that are, you know, come on. Look, you Why are you so hungry to be invited to something? You know what? Because I think we have something to offer and uh, some advice to give. Otherwise, all you get is page, page, page. Yeah. You know See? what? It's time to turn the page. It's time to turn the page. <laughs> oh, we got a t-shirt. Oh, my t-shirt gosh. Idea. That was good. <laughs> that, that right Write there that was golden. Okay, turn, turn the page. <laughs> turn the page. All right. So really what we're saying is, um, listen, uh, be serious and be intentional about your group, your tribe, mm-hmm. and recognize that really your people is the people of God. Those are your people. Yes. So it's, it's trans-denominational, interdenominational. And then outside of that, recognize that your people are the human race. Like we are, we are together, right? So, um, we, we want to recognize that at the, at the big level, like of just like your neighbors, but as the church, your true people, your true family are other brothers and sisters. So wherever you have those circles of influence and unity and responsibility, be involved, be invested, hold your leaders accountable, be willing to serve, be willing to speak, um, participate, but also just make sure that, uh, that you are living for the glory of God. Yeah, like good that, point. That's your aim good point. in all of these things because um, 
you know, if you're living for the glory of your convention or if you're living for uh, your own glory, glory uh, your platform, you know, it's uh, it's going to go bad. We've seen it happen in the SBC. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, and, and you know what? Let us know how it goes at the convention. If you're there, please, you know, oh, I'm going to watch that us. thing live. I'm going to be all over it. You're going to watch it live? Yeah. We're going to live tweet it? Well, I don't know about that. You're thinking about it? No. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo. I'm texting right now. We should do it. At Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctor Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctorDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Uh, big thanks to Tyler over at MyXP for sponsoring today's podcast. Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog huh? posts on Wednesdays. Video did, content on... Did you what? wait? Did you say who? I wasn't listening. Did you talk about our sponsor? We already did that. Yeah, you, but you, you, I did it again. Uh, okay. All right. And you tell him about the store. I told the him about Jofo the store. store. I told him about the store. Are All you... Right. No, I, I, wasn't li- I, was t- I was texting. Go. Later. Did you... Wait. Nope. Later. Okay. Bye.